what you love can bring happiness and having a good situation at home feel like I am happy because I get to do this every day and I've been doing this every single day since I was 18 years old. I don't know if you're going to see this voice moment, but I thought I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. The question is, are you happy? I'm the happiest I've ever been happy? right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Are You Happy podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. But let me tell you, when it comes to production, when it comes to getting what's necessary to make the amazing content that you see, whether it's on social, whether it's on film, all of that has an art to the process. So we're so excited to have with us Carlos de Verona of Chroma House. How are you, Carlos? Great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it for inviting me on. Yes. And thank you for being here as well. I'm pretty sure that our fans are going to be so jazzed because anything that we can learn about production from people in the industry is always amazing. So we're super jazzed. We already went over your name when we went over the name of the business. Spoiler, right? (laughs) Can you tell me what is your position there at Chroma House? I call myself the director of photography and head of production. I'm basically the production manager or coordinator and also normally DPing about 90% of everything we do. And so for those who are listening who are not going to understand director of photography, can you explain more as to what that entails and what your daily is for a DP or, or for production management? Yeah, so my role as a DP is um, basically hired by either production companies or ad agencies as a DP to not only, I, I don't want to say just film what there is to film, but to manage the process of lighting and camera framing and continuity and that sort of thing. Sometimes I'm working with a director uh, who's working with me on these things, so we'll tag team, but a lot of the times actually, I guess, as production gets faster and faster and the teams are leaner, also directing sometimes on the side. It depends on the job. Every job is different. Sometimes I have to wear many hats, but a lot of times I'm also just the DP and I'm working with a whole team. And it's pretty great and pretty fitting that you get a bunch of different hats at the uh, conferences, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because you can change them out when you're a DP, whether you're directing. (laughs) That's wonderful. And it's awesome to see and I appreciate DPs specifically because people don't know and, you know, most that are not in the industry don't know that it's the DP who is making sure that what's framed and what it is that we're looking at is embodying what's written in the script or what the director is wanting. So it's because of people like you that we're actually seeing what's in front of us and putting together that entire story. So you are so important and talented. Any DP out there working, I just appreciate because there's such a fine art to what you do. And it requires so much precision and vision pretty much right up there with a director. So you work with them hand in hand to create this film. And it's because of you that we are looking at what it is that we are looking at. So thank you from all of us. Definitely I direct and do other production, but yes, I could not do DP. I I can work with them as my DP as a director, but I think that I would uh, prefer to direct as opposed to be a DP. Yeah, it's a lot more technical. Uh, Although luckily now, uh, thanks to the internet, there's many resources to learn all these technical things, even though there's nothing like learning on set. But when I started off, I'm only 36, but I did start when I was 18 interning at a film studio right after high school. I graduated high school 
2017. And at that time, there wasn't like YouTube. And when YouTube like came out, there wasn't really videos like on that many things to look at on YouTube. Definitely not everything there is now, like all these courses on lighting and all sorts of things. So it was harder for me. I had to make a lot more, uh, many more mistakes than I think young people now have to make. I also didn't go to film school. So I had to make many bad videos, not for anybody, but for myself before I ever made one that I was half happy with. And that's kind of how I learned trial and error until I was able to really reach out and find other resources since I didn't go to film school. It's quite a long road at this point, but it was all worth it. So that's what, almost a 20 year journey? I'm 36. I started when I was 18, interning at Rhino Studios. And uh, back then, not many people were like, I think everyone, all my friends were like, what, what are you doing, you know? Because since I didn't go to film school, all my friends weren't like film school kids, uh, actually, and none of them were into videos. So it was kind of out of left field. And I happened to be at the right place at the right time. I mean, there was obviously a, a boom of the need for video content within the last 10 years, I would say. So I was in there well before that and uh, was able to kind of make my a name for myself locally due to that. And um, yeah, I guess almost 20 years now. How's that feel? It feels great, actually. Now I'm finally starting to like really feel like I'm now more comfortable than ever, but I still learn every day. I always tell people, I mean, there's constantly things that uh, I'll learn, new situations I'm running into. It's a never ending process for sure. And just like how if I look back two years and I see something I shot, I'm like, oh, wow, I, I could have fixed this. I'm sure if I look at what I'm doing right now in two years, I'll think the same. And it's never going to stop, I think. Ever evolving process. And so you said you didn't go to film school. It's totally fine because many directors who did not go to film school, some that dropped out. I wanted to go to film school. I tried to go to full of uh, to full sale. And then I even went to a, to, on a tour. My mother went with me because I was 18. I couldn't pay for it. I had a job though, but it was like $70,000 to go to full sale. And then uh, my mom was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. If you want to learn this, then go intern somewhere. So that's exactly what I did. Thanks to her. And I was never in debt to any film school. So it, it actually paid off very well. So not taking that traditional route, were you somewhat trepidatious, somewhat nervous interning? Like, how did you feel stepping onto that first day of your internship? I was working at a camera store during high school. My last senior year, I was working at Wolf Camera. They let them all here in Miami. And I don't want to say I knew much, but I was already like shooting photography on my own. I was like borrowing their film cameras and shooting photography. So I like, I was really interested in it. So I was like so hungry. I didn't get paid to intern. Nowadays, I think people do. I, I wasn't paid to intern. At one point, I think a year in, I had to have a job to be able to intern there because it was costing me money to even get there. And then uh, about a year in, I started doing like their beta dubbing. They were making a killing off the dubbing and they were only paying me like $100 a week for like another year. I like really wanted it. And the day when I started at this place, Rhino Studios, the guy told me, this guy, Lenny Gonzalez, he told me, he was like, don't do this unless you are ready to eat, sleep, and breathe this and make it everything. And he was right because that's the only way to like really, I don't want to say be the best. I don't think I'm the best, but to really get ahead and at least be in the same crowd as those that are at the top, at least in the local market. There's so many different types of things, but yeah, that's, that's how I did it. I was just obsessed with it. My first like six months, I wasn't doing anything but like picking up trash and painting walls and that's it. 
I just wanted to be near it. And then um, after a while, they gave me the keys to the office because I was trustworthy and all that. And so I would stay late night. I would make those dubs and I would open up all their camera equipment and everything. And I would build the camera myself and film myself or film the wall or I don't know. It's like make things up. And I would film it and put it into Final Cut 7 and just see how it, it would edit together. And I would do that all the time. That was like how I really started to like get into the camera. I had to do it on my own. And during the day I was working for them, I couldn't do it, but at night I would pull all the gear out. That was basically um, my start. And that's like a tip that I give to all, anyone who ever asked me about film production, because now it seems so easy, right? You have YouTube and all this stuff and people take so many shortcuts, but the only way, if you really, really want to get far in film production and you want to be more than decent, I'm sure you can be self-taught off uh, YouTube, but there's nothing more like go get an internship or get a job at like a rental house, do a lot of things for free. People don't like to do things for free anymore. I used to do so many videos for free. And the reason being because, you know, let's say there was a restaurant especially like five years into what I was doing. I couldn't get people to like hire me. It was so hard. Like, oh, no one's hiring me, but I want to make videos. So I was like, forget it. I'm just going to do videos for free. So I'll go to like restaurants or, you know, different people that own small businesses. I'll be like, hey, I'll do a video for you. Oh, no, no, thank you. I'm not interested. No, it's free. And maybe it wasn't the greatest video, but it was free to them. So I would do that again and again and again and again. Build my demo reel like that. I did so many things for free. And then it all paid back in the end. The guy that taught me also was, he told me day one, he's like, look, I'm not going to pay you to learn. I won't do that. So if you want to learn, well, it's going to come out of, the, uh, out of the, the expense of your own time and money to get here and stuff like that. Like you really want it you need to want it. So yeah, that's, that's it. I uh, just forced my way in because I wanted it really bad. Mm -hmm. And if you have that attitude, you can, you can be the best. Yes. And I love your story. I particularly love that you talked about the hunger because it's so true. You have to be hungry and you have to be willing to do it for free. You have to be willing to live, sleep and breathe and eat it. It's like you're outside of your workplace and you're watching something and you're constantly analyzing what it is that you're watching. You're looking at the angles, you're looking at the sound design, you're looking at every single aspect of it. And then you're out there practicing it, like you said. So doing things for free and, and filming, whether it was the, the best or the not, not the best, but you were out there consistently practicing your craft. And so is there any other aspect of being hungry that you would also kind of add to that as, as to your experience? I would say I think a big misconception that a lot of people have, like when I was starting off, I would post everything like on my website. No one was going to my website, but I would shoot things that weren't like where I, if I look back now, I'm like, oh my God, I, I could do that in my sleep. But I was still putting it in my demo reel and building my demo reel, even if it was crappy, if I can say that word. And it was crap. And then, but it, then it was a little less crappier and then a little less crappier and then a little better. I know a lot of people like friends of mine who refuse to let their website go live unless it looks great. That's a, the wrong way to look at it. Everyone starts somewhere. So don't be afraid of it not looking great. Your mission is to make it look better, but still put it out there. Yeah. I've met a few people that are like, no, it's not ready. I can't post it yet. It's not just excuses. Just do it. Just do it and fix it. And I think that because that'll make you want to fix things faster. If you're hungry about like making it better and better and better, and you put it out there, you're almost forcing yourself to make it better because you want people to see something better constantly. Doing that and not worrying about what people think, I think will get you far. Yes. Totally 100%. I think that's beautiful that you said, just do it. Just put it out there. Because yes, there's quite a few people that are perfectionists or they're just like, no, 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 no. I can't put it out because it's not perfect yet. This particular frame yeah. doesn't match. The music's not hitting at this. Or maybe this particular effect, it's not there. It's an excuse. It really is. It's like, yeah. no. I've made a 
I've made like hundreds of bad videos at the beginning before I ever, I think, made one that I would say, oh, wow, that's good. Bad to mediocre. But it's been a long, you know, 20 years. So and I got the start early before everything was online. So I, I did have a little bit of a chance there to mess up a lot but it's okay to mess up. And that's how you're really going to learn. Now the situations I run into that are hard to solve are fewer and fewer, but there's always new things. That's why I'm always learning. But sometimes I'll go into a job and be like, oh, I've, I've faced this situation before. I know exactly what to do now because I've done this so many times that I've been in so many different situations. And then when I see a repeat of a situation, you know, I always tell people like production is problem solving and being creative while doing so. But there's constantly a problem. How do you solve it quickly? If you can keep solving, if you're solving problems for 20 years, eventually you, you, some of these problems will repeat themselves and you'll, you're just more experienced because of that, you know? So if I'm hearing you right, so you're saying, you know, be hungry, get after it and, and do it. And then don't be afraid to mess up. In fact, mess it up and learn from your mistakes, yeah. refine constantly and just learn all of all the time. I was going to say all the freaking time, which you can, you can say freaking learn all the freaking time, because as long as you're learning, I mean, there's so much technology changes and there's so many plugins and so many apps and so many things that they've implemented. I think Frame.io is now recently partnered with, I want to say Red, I think, mm -hmm. to enable the camera to directly upload to Frame for your production team. So there's a lot of cameras now that are trans transitioning to uh, the capability for mm -hmm direct upload from camera to the team for editing, which is crazy. So all these things that to learn. And then for cameras, cameras is huge because knowing how to use your cameras and the correct apertures and, and the lighting and how that all works, the f-stop, all of these technical things that you constantly have to continue learning on. Another director once uh, mentioned your camera equipment. Don't be afraid to work with different cameras because if you get super, super well-versed in the latest Sony blah, 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 and then you cannot work seven other types of cameras, if you're a part of the camera crew, well, then you're limiting your chances of working on other productions. So there's so much learning that goes on. So I think what you touched on, making sure that you're constantly learning is something that that gives strength. Would you say that, that that's pretty good? Yeah, for sure. And if anyone's out there and wants to teach somebody, let them mess up. Actually, I was teaching a kid who's very new and wanted to get in and he was he seems hungry. And for about an hour, I was like, show me what you do. And I would just let him make all the mistakes, because if someone shows you how to do it right, you just start doing it right. You don't really know why you're doing it that way. And the theory of why we do stuff in video production is very important because not everything applies for the same situation. There's no perfect way to do everything every single time. So you need to know why you're doing it. And that's how you'll reverse engineer your answer to every problem you have. Now, when it comes to the why, are you referring to why it is this particular thing is serving this function or is it why as to what the motivation is? What do you mean by why? Like the why? I guess I'm coming to that from an angle of like a DP. Why is the key light here? Because we could always say like, I'm not sure if anyone here that's listening is familiar, but generally in an interview, you want to shoot far side key. So you have your, you're shooting on the dark side, let's say shadow side and shooting into the light sort of. There are situations that you could run into where you can't do that. And you also need to understand why people shoot far side key, but maybe the, the room doesn't lend itself for that. So you really got to understand the why to understand, because if not, then you're just going to shoot every single interview ever far side key or uh, even though the window is behind you, you know, like people really got to understand the theory of 
cinematography at least or directing photography i think it's important to learn the theory and that's why you got to practice so much and mess up so you could really learn the theory behind why things are the way they are rather than just watching a youtube video and saying oh this is how you light this like this but there's so much more behind that uh, there's a very good um on YouTube, The Wandering DP, I think. He, there's a very good um, channel for cinematographers or aspiring DPs or anything like that that really gives theory, okay. and not just like a setup. So it's important to learn that. That is very, very true. And thank you so much for sharing that with the audience. There will definitely be a lot of film enthusiasts and other video production and production people listening. So yes, much appreciated. Now, another interesting question for you is, are you happy? Yeah, um, that's, you know, that's an evolving thing. I think uh, doing what you love can bring happiness and having a good situation at home. So I'm luckily there. I feel like I am happy because I get to do this every day and I've been doing this every single day or every other day uh, since I was 18 years old. It's a long time to not have a boss and be my own kind of boss. And I would never change that for anything in the world. I think video production is sort of freedom. It's also freedom to be at least knowing that you're good at what you do. There's some freedom to that and that'll make you happy. So what is it like to be the director of your own life? Like you said, to be your own boss and to determine what it is that you do and how you do it. What is that like for you? It's not so easy sometimes because you got to push yourself more, I think. But what alternative do I have? I guess I can go work for someone else nine to five have to wake up at a certain time it's very nice to be in control of your hours and stuff like that if there's a job that comes in and i i don't want it which i don't really do i kind of take a lot take a lot of things and i've been doing it for a long time but um you can decline things you don't have to do everything you can do whatever you want which is pretty amazing that's so some sort of freedom i guess as far as other things in your life that make you happy in addition to production and film, what other sources of happiness do you have? Um, it's funny because I don't really have, uh, I guess that would be family because I don't really have uh, a hobby besides what I do for a living, which I should come up with something. I should find a hobby. But um, yeah, I think family, my wife and my dog. What's your dog's name? My dog's name is Chroma from Chroma House. No. <laughs> and how, how did you name Chroma? Well, I've had Chroma House since 2012 and um, I, my wife actually came up with this she's like what if, what if we call her chroma and uh yeah it stuck i was like at first i was like i don't know that's weird I, like it sounds like like i did it on purpose to just because of ego and i but it stuck and now i you know i love it she, my wife calls her the chief barking officer that's amazing does chroma have like a certain like traits of personality like she only likes to go outside between five and six or anything quirky like that oh well, she's an italian greyhound so she is like velcro she wants to be next to you all the time. High, high um, intensity, like my wife, I guess, a little bit too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I love my dog. And I, I really want to put a photo of her. We have this awesome photo that I took. I want to put it on the website and put like CBO. Just as a joke, I don't even have my own photo up there in my website, but it'd be cool to have the dog up there. Why do you think that is? Do you think that put a photo up there oh, of yourself? I'm The dog, definitely please do it. Uh, <laughs> for yourself though, is it because you want them to focus on the work that they're looking at on your side or, or what is it? I have a team photo and the about me on the website just has like a team photo I think or the about us I have two websites I have a personal website where like all my docu slash the work I more like to do is on my personal site Carlos 
carlosdeverona.com. Mm-hmm. And then I have my company site, chromahouse.com. The reason I did that was to kind of split it up, have more reach and be able to be selective on what I do want to show on one thing or what I don't want to show. Less is more. That's another thing I've always, ever since I've been doing demo reel, I haven't done a demo reel in like three years. Now I just kind of post completed videos. But back in the day, I always found it very important to, to show a lot less. So if you have 10 videos that are your favorite, find five that are really your favorite or even three. And that will like, I think, say so much more than the whole bit. As long as you're covering a good mix of what you what you're doing or if you took took 100 photos of some event obviously there's three that are probably going to be amazing all 100 I don't think together would be amazing but maybe five are very good if you can show those five I think people will be more wowed by those five than if you start showing them all because then it gives chance for people to doubt what you're doing or to not like something you don't want to give opportunity for people to not like something so make sure whatever you're showing is very good mm-hmm. uh, even if it's less less is more I like oh, yeah. So true. So true. And yeah. now if you could share a message with the world, what message would that be? Do what you love and uh, life is short. I'm only 36, but I see the the counter, the, the age keeps going, the number keeps going up. So I think just make sure that you have one shot at it, do what you love and work hard so you can retire comfortably. <laughs> That's probably it. And you definitely work really, really hard. Is there anybody that you think of when you think of your history in production in Chroma House? Is there anybody that comes to mind that really gave you either tools or motivation to proceed forward, maybe a mentor or someone in your life? Yeah, it's probably the guy that I started with at Rhino Studios. His name was Lenny Gonzalez. He gave me the chance, the opportunity to even PA there goes a long way because I was hungry, but he actually like opened the door for me to eat. So I would have to thank him a lot. He gave me the chance to to get out of it what I wanted to get out of it. And he told me day one, I'm not going to pay you to learn. And the only way this will ever work or you'll go anywhere in this is if you eat, breathe, sleep, and just dream this constantly. So he was right. And, um, and I did it. I never, I never stopped till today. And no, hopefully I have another uh, 15, 20 years in it, at least in the production management side and all that. So I love it. Thank you, Lenny. And Lenny is, is Lenny still with us? Uh, yeah, he, um, he's much, uh, he's older than me and his company is still not open. I think when there was a transition of like the internet, he didn't, maybe didn't embrace the internet so much as younger people like me did. So, and then, um, yeah, I think he started a few other businesses or something. He's still in production in some sort of some capacity. I got to reach out to him and thank him probably after this. It's been a while that I've spoken to him, but yeah, he, uh, and, and also like he was, he's like an OG in what I was doing. So this guy was the guy in my Miami. He had been doing it for many, many years. Now we're 20 years more removed. I think after a while, production gets a little tiring. And I think he probably saw the shift in how some things were happening online. And he was probably like, I need a break. So it was nothing more than that. Uh, he's talented. Yeah. Well, hopefully he can hear this episode. Feel free to send it to him. And uh, yeah. yeah, it would be great, I think, for him to listen and, and hear about all the amazing things that you do. Because I've, I've seen your site, I've seen your portfolio, and it's great. So thank you. Hey, thank, thank you. So I think you're right. I think you're extremely right. And that's something that I hold dear is looking back, not at not at just what's 
trending for the future, but looking back and looking at the history and the tapestry of what went into filmmaking initially. So looking at older work, looking at other filmmakers, looking at the technology back then and seeing how far it's developed. Previously, we were doing actual film and now it's not a thing anymore. It's it's rarely used. Not many people are using actual film when they film. They're, they're all digital. So there's a great appreciation to be had for the editing process even with how they had to manually slice film and the, the ways that they actually did sound and the yeah. visual effects and the, the beginning of effects and how that even started. There's so much to learn. And I think that in going back in time and history, even as far as like the early 1900s, even there's so much there that we could learn and that we could implement in our work now that would make it more incredible. So um, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you meant as far as looking back at the previous technology and previous work, but I would say it's probably along those lines. Yeah. I mean, well, I never had to deal with film uh, actually because one, I didn't go to film school. So it wasn't like taught to me in that way. I know in film school, they'll give you a chance at least, at least now, but I was kind of born into the era, like when mini DV, when like digital was booming or starting to boom, that's like exactly when I started, when there was the shift from film to tape and all that. And so I'm like a digital baby. That's totally that's okay. My, yeah, that's that's what I know. Now, you know, still photography and film. Yeah, I was I still shoot that, but never promotion picture. Yeah. There's this amazing film photographer or photographer that was over in Los Angeles. And I can't remember his name right off the bat. And I'm gonna feel really bad. So I'll put him in the notes for the podcast. But he does like light and landscape photography. So his thing is going out to all of these monumental places that we've seen. So Grand Canyon, other places, wonders of the world, right? All these places we already know through Nat Geographic. But what he does is that he takes lights on drones and takes them up and he's shooting various angles for hours on end from like midnight throughout however long. And then he goes back and adjusts the lighting on those particular photos and they produce some of the most amazing landscapes, but with that different lighting from way high up. So the angle is totally different and there's so much that he does with light photography. It's insane. And I can't remember yeah. <laughs> In an example of, of that, I think a few people are trying that now and they do that in video too. Like they'll fly a drone up, but with just a light to like light a forest at night, as long as there's like MOS on, you know, there's not audio being recorded and you don't hear the, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've seen this. There's so many cool things happening right now with technology. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it's hard to up actually i'm not the most technical person to be honest i know obviously know my cameras my three important settings and besides that i i try to keep it that way and not get too like focused on all these little tech things mm -hmm. like i think too many people for example i think too many people are shooting on gimbals right now and just staying on a gimbal. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah this sometimes people are just like use technology i think i'm not speaking for everybody but i, I think some people will you just use technology just just to use it because and and then they're not aware that there's so many other other ways to do it you know you don't really need anything other than a camera and lighting very important <laughs> yeah i would say as a dp you could agree that lighting is key for sure for sure yeah it's uh i think 50 percent of it why do, why doesn't this look good because the lighting sucks <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly and there's uh, something that you can't really fix in post Right. <laughs> yeah. And to be quite honest and transparent with you, there is so much to be said for people that either didn't go to school or went part time and then left. I started film school back in 2002. And, and even then, the first year of this film school was all theory. You never once touched a camera. And because of what
what you said earlier about, about getting in it, right. And doing it, that's the way you learn. And the way you said teaching from the perspective of tell them why they're doing it. I mean, that's so beautiful. And it's so true because I can say that even the school that I just went to, it's the same thing where they're telling you what to do and you're like, okay, great. I did it, but you don't know why. And that's how you learn. So I went to a local college here where in about maybe not even the first month of the first semester, I learned so much and I felt so comfortable that I opened up my own company. I did an internship with an amazing YouTuber who also was a certified production teacher for Adobe because like you, I was just freaking hungry. What I'm getting at is that the educational aspect, nobody has a direct route. Yes, you can go to USC for four years. You can go to UT, wherever you want. That's fine. If you went to school traditionally, it's okay. But for those of us that have like this non-traditional routes, it's fine because what matters is what it is that you do with it, what you put your hands into and your heart into. And so it's all about your work, right? And what you've been to it. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I guess like our industry and then also others that don't require a degree, like a law degree or a medical degree, it doesn't matter how you got there. It's the mat. What matters is a journey and what you do with it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. A thousand percent. You're only going to get out of it what you put into it. So it's up to you. As far as a Chroma house is concerned, how did you build it? And then I guess what's the starting point? And then when did it jump off like into success? How, How did that go? When I first started in this internship, I was interning for like two years Then one of the girls that was working there as a camera assistant on like all the beginning, like when Lil Wayne videos and Rick Ross videos, when we were doing those down here, Lenny was doing them and we were helping him on his productions. Uh, But this girl who was the AC for a lot of them quit. So when I took her place, like after three years, I got lucky with that. And I became like the AC on all these like big music videos. And then after that, I bought a camera. I wanted to get into camera. I was still doing that. And a friend of mine from high school called me and he started a YouTube channel called David's Been Here. And he's like, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Prague in a week, and I want you to come film for me. I heard you're doing video. Can you go? And I was like, Well, I have a job because I was working at this place. Because if I'm not acing, I would like help around the office. I was just like still part of like the internal team at Rhino, and uh, I was like, All right. And I quit my job, and I went to Prague with him for two weeks, and then I came back, and he offered me a full time job for the next two and a half years. I traveled to 30 countries with uh, David, filming for his video, shooting about three videos a day for about two and a half years. And yeah, that's how I got my got my start there. And then when I came back, since I had been away from production, I started camera operating and then DPing a little bit. But then I noticed I was getting asked by large clients to do jobs, but I don't think maybe they had the confidence in me as just one person that I didn't have a team. So I started a company, Chroma House. I started a website, another website because I had my personal. And then I started selling myself as a team. And yeah, I would just get lucky, get some opportunities where I can build a team for somebody and then just start putting it on the website. And uh, that's how I started it in 2012. And how big is your team? Everything is uh, subcontracted. So we work remote. I have some constant people that are always around me every week, but every every job is different. So I don't have any full-time employees besides me and my wife who work in this company. There's no full-time employees because I've thought about it, but it could, it'd be, it'd be necessary. I think we, we definitely should probably have, besides my wife, we should probably have like a production manager who's always here and helping that out. But besides that, that's, I don't think we ever need more than one employee. We do a lot of shoot and deliver. Every job is different. We'll get hired to shoot something, deliver it to the ad agency or the production company asking for it. And we just hire based on whatever the job needs. Well, I think you 
are forgetting something. Oh, Chroma, yeah. the CBO. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, you got it. I'm really gonna like be like, oh, hello, you forgot the CBO, the chief barking officer. Uh, <laughs> and like Chroma's in the other room. Is it Chroma boy or Chroma girl? A girl. So Chroma's like, uh, hello, or whatever the Italian version is. I bet you she barks in Italian. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Now, is there anything that you haven't said that you would like to say to the audience as far as people that are looking to get into production, people that have aspirations, anything else that you didn't already say that you want to throw out there or just any kind of wisdom at all? No, I I just would reiterate, if you plan to go anywhere with this stuff, there's so many people doing it. And if you really want to separate yourself from other people, then you just have to want it more than anybody else. And if you're looking for an internship, don't take no for an answer. Don't send an email that says, hey, I'm looking for an internship all this stuff because I get those all the time. And to be honest, I ignore 99% of them because what I want or what I'm looking for is that person who is so hungry that will show up, will find me, will, uh, when I tell them, no, there's not really an internship, they'll be like, well, I'll do this. Just like force your way into what you want to do. Don't take no for an answer. And when someone sees that fire in you, they'll know how special you are and they will take you under their wing and, and really show you everything. It's sucks to teach somebody something and then they like uh you know two weeks later they're not interested anymore you know or a year later they're not even doing it anymore yeah i think anyone who really wants to pass down knowledge wants to make sure it's being passed down to someone who is so adamant and the fire is hot on how bad they want it. And I think those are the people, if you look across the board uh, to like the top DPs or the top people in all their fields, a lot of them are in New York and all that stuff. That that's that was them. These people just gave it their absolutely everything. And that's what you got to do in anything in life if you want to be the best at it. So don't take no for an answer. Work hard. And if you really want it, you can get it. You can, you can have anything you want in this world, I think, if you want it bad enough. 100% all of that. <laughs> this is a wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell our audience where they can find your site once again? Your site, your social. Please tell us where they can find you and your company. Yeah, sure. You can uh, find us online, of course, chromahouse.com. We're a Miami video production company. Uh, we do crewing, equipment rentals, production support, producer services, that sort of thing. Uh, we're in Miami. And it's Chroma House. We also have an Instagram, Instagram at, at Chroma House. Yeah. There you go. Do you guys have a TikTok as well or just the Instagram? No, just have an Instagram, Facebook, Instagram. But really, we use the Instagram the most. And yeah, Chroma House at Chroma House. That's perfect. Yeah. It seems like a lot of a lot of things are trend or just going over to Instagram. It's like you remember when it was barely like Instagram what? And it was all Facebook. And now it's like a total shift. So yeah, that's really interesting. If you would hang back here after the show, we're just gonna kind of chat with you if that's all right with you. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. And we hope you've enjoyed this amazing interview with Carlos De Verona of Chroma House. Be sure to visit his website, visit his social, let him know that you heard him on this podcast and then find him, find him and learn from him. Because if you're hungry, you need to find Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Join us next week for another episode of Are You Happy Podcast. And also stay tuned throughout the year because we will be showcasing other businesses and also other professionals that you will want to hear from. So be sure to stay tuned. Thanks so much, guys. Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy?
The Happy Hour. <laughs>